welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Even if I don't see it, he's working. Even if I don't feel it, he's working. Amen. I'm glad we have, amen, not just an on-time God, but I'm glad we have a God that cares about us. Amen. And we have confidence and faith in that, uh, amen. Truly, the scripture says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we have confidence in him that when we pray, Amen. He hears our prayer. Amen. And sometimes you pray and you're wondering, does he hear my prayer? And songs like that just kind of reassures us and lets us know, amen, that, you know, God does see us. He does hear us. And sometimes when we don't feel it, amen, we know he's still working, right? Praise God. And I'm glad tonight to know that. Amen. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Praise God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, so good to see you here tonight. In fact, won't you just kind of, kind of just kind of shake hands with somebody or greet them or, you know, you're still in that realm where you're not sure, just give them a fist pump or an elbow or, amen, just let them know you're happy to see them here tonight. Praise God. And we're going to go back to Deuteronomy 4, amen, where Moses is speaking to the children of Israel on the subject of obedience, amen, obedience, um, and um, uh, I, I just, you know, we all have our, or probably have had our rebellious times, um, I won't make you raise your hand, but uh, I'll just be the first to admit to you that I had a few rebellious times in my life, amen, even when I was being told the truth, I rebelled against it, and uh, uh, many times I had to pay the price. Uh, A price had to be paid for me to understand what the truth was, and uh, the children of Israel seemed to find themselves in that situation quite frequently, it seems like, as you read the Word of God, where they just kind of seemed to wanted to go their own way and, and chart their own course. And there was always a course correction in the horizon for them. And uh, this world is in the same situation. And uh, as the world we live in, they're kind of trying to map out their own way. And, and their mind, in, in the, within their mind, this is what they want. But in reality, amen, tr- the truth of it is that it's, it's His way. And when we obey Him and His Word then things work out, amen, for us. So Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, and uh, let me uh, read uh, once again, if you don't mind. 
I will read faster than I did last week. But we'll go ahead and read it again just to kind of reintroduce it into our mindset. Beginning in verse 1. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live. Everybody say, to do them ye may live. And go in and possess the land which the Lord God your fathers giveth you. Take possession of it. Amen. Take possession of it. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught anything from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Verse 3. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord, hath, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among ye. And then verse 4, but ye that did cleave, everybody say, ye that did, you that held fast unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you this day. Those are the four, four verses I'm going to read to you right now. Amen. Those that followed Baal Peor, they, they, they died. But you that have held on to the things of God and held on to God, you are still alive to this day. Lord God, we thank you once again. Amen. For your word, we say it often, Lord, but it's your word that it's your word that's a lamp into our our feet. It leads us, it guides us, it keeps us, it strengthens us, it gives us sustenance. Amen. We can lean on it. It is our foundation. It is our rock. And I pray God tonight once again for the next little while that you would help us as we open up our ears to hear and our hearts open to receive what you would speak into us. And we pray God that you would strengthen each and every one of us. In your wonderful name we pray and everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. you. may be seated. So here in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, it is a, a prophecy that Moses is speaking to God's people. And he tells them that uh, basically that by chance, if they ever come to a place in their existence that they no longer serve God, uh, the way that they, 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 that they are doing now. And if, if, you, if you ever find that you've been corrupted by the things of the world, if you discover that you are not in obedience to the word of God, if you find out that you have taken the wrong pathway for your life, if you are doing evil in the sight of the almighty God. So Moses is kind of interjecting this and he says, there are some things that are going to happen to you as a people, as you read it, you'll find out one of the things is, God said, I'll scatter you. He also says, I, I won't prolong your days. He also says that, that, that God will cause heaven and earth to bear witness against you. Amen. He said, you know what? You will serve other gods, wood and stone. You will serve gods that cannot see and cannot hear. And basically, in our terminology, he's saying, look, if you decide to go that route, you're going to be in a big mess. And some of you tonight, amen, realize that, that when you felt like you had your own pathway that you were going to go, and it wasn't the things of God, you were going to go in that way that you found yourself in a big mess. And Moses says that when you get to that place or the place that you are being influenced by these other gods, 
you better be aware because that is a place of idolatry. And idolatry in the Word of God, as he explains to them, is always a, a, is, is a corruption of the heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, a corruption of the heart. Idolatry always begins with a heart issue. And it's, it's, it's an issue of the heart. And so before you and I point our finger at Israel and say how, how they could, how, how could you do such a thing? How could you <clears throat> operate that way? Because we do, we read the Word of God and you're thinking, man, why in the world, you know? It's like sometimes I read it and I'm thinking, you know, God brought you out of the land of Egypt. There was, there was ten plagues and, and he set you up and they gave you all this stuff. You go out. It's only supposed to be an 11-day journey, but you got to grumbling and complaining and, and murmuring and all that kind of stuff. And it ended up costing you 40 years in the desert. How? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why, why would you choose? Well, it's because it was a heart issue. It was a heart issue. Amen. So before we point our finger at Israel and, 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 and ask that question, uh, sometimes we better examine our own life first. Because in reality, none of us here today would serve a God made of stone or, or a God made out of wood, I don't think. Because we would not be so foolish, I don't think, as to fall for that kind of idolatry today. But let me tell you that idolatry is anything, everybody say anything, anything, that we allow to come in front of our relationship with God. And idolatry always, let me say it again, you need to write it down, idolatry is always a matter of the heart. The heart. The psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word in my heart, in my mind, that, 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 that deep most seated part of our lives, it's the word of God that keeps us on the straight and narrow. It's the word. Because there's always a lot of God's little g in the world that's vying for our attention. But it's your heart that's going to keep you on the right path. If we stay connected to God. Nobody can make you, right? Nobody's forcing us. Nobody can make you believe things that, that, you, that, that you do that you don't want to believe. You get a lot of voices, a lot of chatter, but ultimately the decision is up to us. We decide after we receive this information. Now, can I, can I, can I put before you tonight and say it this way, that there's a lot of stuff that, that, that once you see what it is, you ought not let it enter into your life. There's a lot of things I hear for a moment and I just shut it off because I know it's, it's nothing worth listening to. So nobody's making you, but it's decisions that, 
you and I make after we come after the after we confront it or after it confronts us. So nobody can force you to believe something that you don't want to. Nobody can make you backslide and walk away from God. That's a choice you make. So when somebody says to you, well, I don't go to church now because of brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. No, you need to stop them right there. Well, maybe not be so abrupt, but you need to just say, no, you know, really it's an issue of the heart. Sure, they might have offended you, and yeah, they might have said something to you, but you made the decision to allow it to become such a great offense that your heart got infected. And you walked away from God. Nobody made you. Nobody, nobody put a gun to your head, so to speak. Sorry to use that illustration, but, but you've heard it many times. Nobody, nobody forced you. To walk away from God. You did that. And Moses, he's, he's trying to talk to him here about, about, about the uh, uh, obedience issue. I'm, I'm exhorting you. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you know straight up that, that this is the penalty if you do this. Nobody. Everybody say nobody can make me backslide. Nobody. That's a choice you make. Amen. So if you do backslide, it's because you backslide Where? Somebody said, man, they've been in church all these years and, and wow, they just quit coming to church. No, it didn't, it didn't just happen. They backslid in their heart first. There's a lot of people that go to church for years, but they've been backslidden for years. You say, that's a harsh thing to say, Pastor. No, it's reality. It's a truth. I don't mean it to be offensive, and I don't want it to be offensive, but we need to face it and understand that, yes, we can go to church and still not be right with God. We can raise our hands and pray and enjoy the songs and still not be right with God. We can be teaching a Sunday school class or singing in the choir or playing an instrument and still not be right with God. Why? Because it's an issue of the heart. There's a lot of things I can cover up. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of things that I can, that I can be a part of. There's a, lot of. there's a lot of motion that I can do, but it doesn't mean I'm right with God. You backslide in your heart first. That's where the idolatry creeps in, is when we backslide first in our heart. That was the, whole, that was the, that was the children of Israel's problem. It's a heart issue. Verse 29, verse 29, if you will, of our text. Well, actually, I didn't read that, but let's go on over. Verse 29. It says, But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if you seek him with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul. So let's look at this. These are powerful words. In reference to this passage of scripture, they are, but if from thence. But if from thence. So, so realize it. But if, the, if, but if from thence. But if from that place of idolatry. From that place. In other words, when you get to a position that you recognize that there is idolatry in your heart then there is something that you and I can do about it. 
How many is glad that when you go that way that God just don't say, boom, lay the axe at the root and sever you and say, ah, you're disgusting in my sight. No, Moses after this goes through this and says, but if you get there, I want you to know that you can turn things around. That's what I'm saying to us tonight. Whatever place, wherever you're at, whatever plateau it is, where, where you, nobody else may know, but you know. See, that's the, that's the great thing about this is nobody else may know, but you know. Why is that? Because you have to look yourself in the mirror every day. You know who you are. Nobody else may know, but we know who we are when we look at ourselves. We know what condition spiritually we are in. So when you're in that position, you recognize there's idolatry in your heart, then there is something you can do about it. But if from thence, because we're talking about that step, that next, your, your, the, 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 the pathway, it's crucial. So the enemy has invaded our lives. And as Moses was put it, he's invaded the children of Israel. He's invaded their ranks. But, but if from thence, if you get there, there, there's been an influence from other, 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 other gods, other areas of your life. But if from thence, you know, we, we have corrupted ourselves with the things of the world. That's very easy to do even in our day and time. Where things of the world become more dominant in our lives. That's why I tell young people a lot of times, and I, I encourage them when they're, uh, you know, when you're in a restaurant and all of a sudden the music comes on and they're singing that music. And then they hear me chime in a lot of times with the beat of the music and it's, I'll start singing something like, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. And they laugh. Just like that. Why? Because I want them to know, look, you can't let stuff like that get into your heart because it will affect your heart. It contaminates your heart. So we have corrupted ourselves with things of the world. But, if from thence, we have done evil in the sight of the Lord, but we have provoked the Lord to anger, but there is a remedy. Revival in the last day is going to come from the church, the body of Christ, that has positioned themselves, put themselves in a place that God can use them. But to do that, we have to be real with ourselves and say, all right, am, am, can he put me in that position or am I still struggling with where I'm at? It's a condition of the heart. It's a condition of the heart. Amen. How many feels like you've maybe provoked the Lord one time or another? If you remember as a kid, you probably provoked your mom and dad every now and then, right? And you reaped the consequences. Moses said that it's possible... It's possible through the corruption of the heart that, that you can get to this place. But when you recognize, you know what, folks, let me tell you right now. Every one of us, every one of us sitting in this place tonight, and those even that are watching by way of the internet, every one of us know where we're at with God right now. You know that. 
it's not, it's not a surprise to you. Right? How many understands that? It's not a surprise. Amen. But when you recognize it, that's when you have to act. And realize the decision I make now, the steps that I make now, are very important to my survival spiritually. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter where you're at, at your job or your, or your school or, or wherever, your family, whatever that looks like, no matter where that's at, you have the power to make the right decision. But pastor, you don't understand, man, this thing's got a hold of me. No, 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 you don't understand. You serve a God. There is a God that's able to deliver you, amen, out of that circumstance. So it's possible today, even tonight, that, that we can recognize uh, the dilemma that we're in, the situation that we're in, and change it. What about when you get to that place where you understand you're really lost and not saved? Repent. It's as simple as that. If, I'm not, if, I, if I know I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, what's the little song say? Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your, 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 your troubles. You know? He will hear your faintest cry. He will answer by and by. What, right? There's a lot of truth to that song. You got to repent. Sometimes people think, well, I've, 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 people, I've had people tell me this. Well, I've been away from the Lord for a long time. Well, if you know that, then you've you got the power to make that decision to change your direction and make things right with God, right? If you believe that tonight, clap your hands and praise Him. Well, Pastor, I'm afraid to come to church because... I know when I come to church, I get under conviction. Well, that's where you need to be. Well, if I get under conviction, then that means i got to make a decision. And i, I got to make a decision not to do the things I used to do before. Well, that, that's exactly right. you got it. you got it. You need to make a transition and a change in your life to change your posture and change your direction. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I've allowed things to get into my spirit. Well, the children of Israel did too. They allowed things to get in their spirit. That's a dangerous thing. To allow things to tamper with your relationship with God. You know, it's like this. Let me put it this way. You got an issue with your car. Amen. And you, you decide to ask whoever to come over and say, man, I got a problem with this car. I don't know what it is. Do you think you can fix it? And you don't ask the important question. Are you qualified? Do you know what you're doing? Because that can end up costing you more money. You got to realize, where am I at? Have I allowed things to get in my spirit? You don't want somebody working on your car that's not qualified. That's why you don't want 
all this stuff out in the world to come and tinker with your, your, your humanity or your life. Why? Because they're not qualified. They can't work on your life and fix your life. They can say a lot of stuff, but they don't have the authority to forgive you of your sins. They can take her, but they can't fix it. Well, am I okay tonight? So let me say it again. Have you allowed things to get in your spirit? Let me tell you, once again, that's a dangerous place. Don't let things get in your spirit. Don't, don't let some of this stuff tinker with your mind and cause you to be at odds with your brother or your sister in the Lord. It's not worth it. You know? You say, but I've done some things that are wrong, and uh, now I'm bound by it. Uh, uh, it's got me shackled. It's got me chained, and, 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 you know, I just don't. Do you still believe God? Do you still believe God? Do you still believe the scripture that says God is a rewarder? He'll reward you. He will answer you. If you'll diligently seek after him, if you'll talk to him, if you will present yourself unto him, Right? And just say, God, here I am. I'm an open book. Hey, Amen. You, 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 you know me. You know me. Nobody, you know the things in my life that nobody else knows about. And you take it to the Lord and you say, okay, I, I'm, I'm wrong. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what? I've lost my connection with God. I've lost that relationship that I once had with God. Because you see that you're at that point. And you're able to see where you have drifted. And you recognize your condition. And so now you can make the right choice. That The only choice really that you know can make a difference in your life. And so if by some beautiful merciful act of God. That we become aware of that condition. And we receive that wake-up call. Hello? I remember years ago going into the hotel, be at a conference or be at meetings or something of that nature, and, and you would call down to the desk, the operator, and you'd say, hey, can I get a such-and-such 7 o'clock wake-up time? Can I get a 6 o'clock wake-up time? How many has ever done that before when you've been in hotels? Okay, you, you know what I'm talking about. Well, then we started going to cell phones and things of that nature. And, and then finally they came out with the cell phones that has their own alarm clocks. And nobody really calls them anymore. And they're probably glad. But you know what? When you set that alarm, you are, you, you are uh, uh, conditioned amen, to, to when that alarm goes off, whatever you got it set to, that you hear that alarm and it wakes you up, right? Understand we got to realize that there are a lot of wake-up calls and some of us keep hitting the snooze button. God tries to shake us and we just hit the snooze button. Well, give me a little bit more time. Boom. I need a little bit more time. Boom. A little bit more time. Boom. And we keep, we keep hitting that snooze button because, you know, we know, get me up at 6, but I really don't have to be up till 6.45. 
Here's the deal. Right now, God's dealing with people, and the wake-up call is going on. Just like the children of Israel, they pressed it too far, and, and, and look at what happened to them. The ones that follow Baal Peor, what happened to them? They all, they died. But you that held on to the Lord, you, you, you're alive. That's why I can tell you here today, you follow the things of the world, that's, that's your destination, that's, that's your judgment, that's what's going to happen to you. Amen. You follow the ways of the world and you're going to find yourself just as those Baal that follow Baal Peor. But if you will... Stay connected to God and hold on to Him. He can make a difference in your life. Amen. you got to recognize. I guess, bottom line, I've said this before tonight. You've got to recognize your dilemma. You've got to recognize your situation. You've got to recognize your condition. And make the right decision. Like the old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I remember, I remember years ago, some of the older saints already dead and gone. And sometimes in testimony service, they'd get up and sing that song. And they'd get to that part, though none go with me, I still will follow though none go with me I in other words you got to make that decision that says if I'm by myself I'm by myself but I'm going to make it I will pray for my family I will pray for my friends I will pray for my husband I will pray for my wife I'll pray for them all and I'll work to, to get them in the right place but if they choose not to I'm not going to allow that to get in my heart to where I will say something like, well, if they're not going to go to church, I'm not going to go to church. If they're not going to pray, I'm not going to pray. If they're not going to read their Bible, I'm not going to read their Bible. Well, if they're going to do that, I might as well just be like them because that's my family. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. Don't ever make that kind of a decision because this is a, this is a personal decision. This is independent of everything else. I don't have to be lost because you are lost. I'm going to be saved because I choose to be saved. I choose. Everybody shout it. I choose. I choose to be saved. Recognize where you're at. See what's going on. If you acknowledge, if you can come to that place to where you acknowledge the position that you're in or the predicament that you're in, then you can make the right. It's critical. The next decision you make is critical. You might say, well, pastor, that's the Old Testament. You know, that was in the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament now, and he's a God of mercy and grace and loving kindness. You keep on believing that. He is, you're correct. But just as he's judged the world before he will, and he will sometime in the future, he will judge the world again. That's the Old Testament. Saints of God. 
But let me read Deuteronomy 4, 29 to 31, if you will allow me right now. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Verse 30 says, when thou art in tribulation, say that with me, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days. Thought you said this was about the Old Testament. If thou turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not. Everybody say he will not. He will not forsake thee. Everybody say he won't forsake me. He will not forsake me. Neither destroy thee nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he swear unto them. The Bible says that even in the latter days, if you'll call upon his name. There might be people even here tonight that are close to the edge. You're close to losing your soul. One step in the wrong direction. Have you ever been on that pathway or been on that mountaintop? You've been out on that ledge? I've been on a few of them out there at that ledge. One wrong step, one wrong move could lead to your destruction. Right? But one right step could lead to safety. So before you do anything, let's be reminded that our decision that we make at that point is crucial. It's critical. Everybody say critical. We can make that decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to try. You know, I like to look at it this way. Somebody says, I'm going to see how close I can get to the edge. No, nah, you know. How about adopting the, the thing? I'm going to see how far I can stay away from it. It's, it's, it's like, well, you know what? Some things are, you know, just right there. I'm going to see how close. I'm going to flirt with it and see how close I can get to it without it affecting me. Now, you've already made the mistake. It's already got you. It's already got you. You have to make the decision that says, I'm going to stay as far away as I can. In fact, what does 2 Chronicles 7.14 say? We, we quote it often, but let's look at it real quick. Amen. If my people which are called by my name. How many is called by his name? Just wave, wave your hand like this. If my people which are called by my name shall do what? It's kind of a hard thing to do sometimes, right? Humble ourselves. If we'll humble ourselves to pray. And seek my face. Period. If you'll humble yourself and seek his face. Hmm? No, he said you've got to turn from your wicked ways. And if you turn from your wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. There's a, there's a change 
in their posture. There's a change in their mindset. There's a change in their attitude. There's an understanding of knowing where they're at at that particular time and understanding that their only way out is talking to him. And really, that's simple, folks. It's, it's what we look at tonight. It's what we have to understand tonight. If I'm not where I need to be, then I need to talk to the one that can get me where I need to be. Amen? Is this okay tonight? you got to understand that, yes, you might be hurting. You might be in trouble. It might be difficult. But your next decision will make all the difference between success or failure. Eternity with Jesus Christ or eternity in hell with all the devil and his minions and everybody else that didn't make the right decision. So, you just got to make the right, the, the right move. You got you to take the right step. Why? Because, you know, deliverance, isn't, deliverance can be had. Victory can, safety, the right road to be on, the right direction, whatever, however you want to look at it. It all begins with repentance. Repentance. All, all you got to do is come to a place to where you have that conversation with the Lord. And you just open. And you say, Jesus, I know you know. You know, everybody thinks that he doesn't know. Everybody thinks, everybody thinks that, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, those hidden places of our heart and all that kind of stuff that he doesn't know. You know what? Quit fooling yourself. Be honest with him. He knows. And, and we ought to know that he knows. But you get to that place and God knows. You, but you begin to talk with him anyway. And you confess and you say, Lord, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm in desperate need. I, I, I've messed up. Man, I've, I've followed the wrong things. The wrong voices around me. Amen. I, I, I've got off course. And uh, I need your help. My, my compass is broke. I, I need to be pointed back in the right direction. And you're the only one that can do that for me. Does anybody believe that tonight? And so we begin to talk with him. And communicate with him. Don't, don't, don't set back and feel like, you know, well, you know, sometimes people say, well, God knows. Yeah, he does know. But sometimes he's sitting there waiting on you. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. That's a problem with some of us. We, we're not real humble about those things. But if we humble ourselves, and if we seek his face, if we do all of that, and we turn from our wicked ways, he said, that's when you'll hear from me. I'm going to heal your land. I'm going to touch your life. I'm going to change your course. I'll point you in the right direction. But you've got to be real about it. You've got to be honest about it. When you repent, don't just do it because you got caught. Let that sorrow, that real sorrow, put you in a place where God sees it for what it is. And he hears you.
<laughs> so don't be afraid to call on him. Amen. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me say this again. But you will only take the right step if you choose to take the right step. There's a lot of people. Let me, let me put it this way. There's a lot of people that will come to the altar or in their pew or at their house or whatever that feels bad and they will repent. But they never follow through. Does that make sense? They'll, they'll, they'll repent in that moment but they don't change course. That's what gets us in trouble. Because then we get frustrated with ourselves. Does that make sense? We get frustrated with ourselves to the point, what's the use? Why should I pray? I just mess up every time. I meant it when I repented, but we didn't change course. Right? Just a little talk with Jesus. He calls us. Even in this service right now, the, the wooing of the Spirit of God is in the house. And He's calling us. He's prompting us. Right? Pulling, tugging at us. Reaching for us. Even on a Bible study night. Why? Because he says one day is not any bigger than another. One time is not any greater than another. It's at that moment and that time when you realize that the change needs to happen in your life. But he won't force you. He's a perfect gentleman. He won't force you. He'll never make you do anything that you don't want to do. He will sit there and wait. Who goes to church? Those who want to go to church. Who doesn't go to church? Those that don't want to go to church. Who, who receives the Holy Ghost? Those that want the Holy Ghost. Who serves God? Those that want to serve God. Look, it's honest. Look, the pressure that's on the world today and the people of the world today is so great and folks even in the Christian world you got to realize that the powers that be understand the power of Christianity and they don't like they, in their mind they want to control you they want to have that power over you but folks it's not time for that to happen right now the antichrist will be coming one of these days and and he's going to woo the world i've got the answers i've got everything i can make it happen and everybody will woo you need to follow jesus before those days and times come you need to understand who the real messiah is you need to realize who the real king is. Amen. But he won't force you. He will not buy your allegiance. Makes no difference what our name is, who we are, how much money we got, what, what your pedigree is. That, that does not affect him. He said whoever. To whomsoever. 
You make a decision whether you want to pray or not. You make a decision whether or not you want to read the Word of God. You make the decision whether or not you want to live for God. I know this is heavy for a Wednesday night, but it's critical. It's a critical place. We're, a lot of people are in, are in a critical dilemma. And so if, 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 if we can get one person to make that right decision. But you know, here's the deal. It'll never happen. It'll never happen unless it's in your heart. Just like your heart gets affected by the other stuff, it's your heart that's going to eventually say, i got to make this decision. The Bible speaks in the book of 1 Peter of the hidden man of the heart. You will not take that first step until you deal with the heart. The heart has to be dealt with. And what most people do when, when the preaching hits too close to home, they'll shove the heart issue aside and refuse to consider the heart. That's when we tune everything out. That's when you tune the preacher out. That's when you tune, your mind gets kind of going on other thing else and we get our iPhones out and our iPads and we start texting and, and we start, we become detached. Why? Because the word hit just a little bit too close. And so we decide to become distracted. As they say, it is what it is. I've been there. When I was younger, I learned how to tune the preacher out because I knew he was hitting a little too close to home and I was going to have to make a decision. I didn't really understand the consequences then as I do now. How I was playing with fire. What's that phrase or that saying? If you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. That's why I don't want to see anybody go through that. And the Word of God lets us know that it is the Holy Ghost that causes the secrets of the heart to be revealed. It's when the Word comes to us. And all of a sudden, boom, it illuminates the issues of the heart. And it says, you need to make a decision. You need to change course. You need to deal with this in repentance. You need to make the right decision. You remember, older folks, you remember when we'd use the terminology when somebody was not right with God and the altar call and they would grab the back of the pews and they'd get those white knuckles. They were hanging on for dear life. You know what? Just being perfectly transparent, open, we need those kind of services again. Where the power of God comes in so strong that people will grip the backs of the pews and get white knuckles 
amen, the presence of God is moving on them. And it brings them to a place of decision where they have to either walk out the same way they came in or walk forward and change their life. Oh, let's stand together. Let's clap our hands and praise Him tonight. Hallelujah! Folks, listen to me. That's why people resist the presence of God. You know, we had those little buttons. We need to get some more of them, I think. No dead church. I'm tired of going places and it's dead. No spirit. Bump on logs. Dead as doornail. What, whatever you want to, whatever you want to subscribe to it. It makes me uncomfortable because I know what God can do when His presence shows up. But I also know what God won't do when His presence is shunned. Folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. When God gets to moving, I've watched, I, I tell you what, there's going to be one lady that's going to stand in judgment against a lot of people. And that was old Sister Edna back that used to sit in that second pew. And you would watch her when the Spirit of God would get to moving, she'd start a rocking. And the rocking was because she was trying to, and she'd get a hold of that, finally she'd get a hold of the pew in front of her. And then she'd work her way up. And then all of a sudden, with her feet all crumpled up with arthritis in her hand and she would just start doing this. She couldn't do a lot because of the, 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 the physical problems with her body. She couldn't do a lot, but she'd get up and she'd move the best she could. Sometimes, folks, it might just be a pat to the toe. Or it might be the clap of the hand. But yet you know, you're, you're saying, ooh, the presence of God's in this place. <laughs> Woo, presence of God's here. It's fixing to happen. It's fixing to break out. See what I'm saying? In other words, we put ourselves in that place to where no matter what's going on in our life or what happened that day, we are now concentrating on what God wants to do. Because... Somebody's got to make a decision. Maybe us. Maybe you and I to change course. Psalm 44, 21. says this. Shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. In Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, I apologize. I didn't get the scriptures up top. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. Notice these are dealing with the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. 
Moving down to Psalm 139, 1 through 5. And just for up top, Proverbs 4, 23. I'm going to go back to verse 23 here in a second. Psalm 139, 1 through 5. Oh, Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and hath laid thine hand upon me. The heart is the seat of your feelings and your emotions. Folks, that's where feelings come from and that's where your emotions come from. And the Bible says that the issues of life are in the heart. And so back to verse 23 of Proverbs 4, notice what he says. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Don't let anything into your heart that's not right. Don't let corruption in. Don't let the world in. Don't let evil into your heart. That, that which corrupt because when it gets into your heart it's hard to deal with and it's hard to get out of your heart. What's the Bible talk about bitterness? And I'm and, and, and we'll move on. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. But what, what does the heart say? What does the Lord say about bitterness? He said, bitterness, what is it? Bitterness is like a little seed, a little plant that if it's dealt with right now, it doesn't become an issue. But if you don't deal with it, and you let the roots get deep down in your life, you got a problem. You got a problem. Bitterness will destroy you. Amen. And it's your heart that will determine your next step. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. And I'm going to quit, I promise you. I'm not done, but I'm going to quit. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. What's it say? Let's read it out loud together. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Oh, Aren't you glad we have a God that way? Man, the Lord is good. So in our closing tonight, why don't we all just where we're at, why don't we raise our hands and just take a moment. And if you need to say you're sorry to God, you need to do it right now. If you need to talk to Him about it right now, you don't have to come to the altar right now. On this Wednesday night, just raise your hands and just say, Lord, here I am. Oh, Lord, we stand before you. Your word 
has challenged us. Your word has illuminated our life. Your word that has, that has been spoken tonight has, has, has talked to us. It has addressed us. It has moved upon us. And I pray God tonight that each and every one of us will see ourselves as you see us and make the corrections in our life through the working of your spirit. Lord God, that you will lead us and guide us and direct us and let us be the children of God that you desire for us to be so that when we come across that individual that might find themselves in that condition. We have a testimony and we have a word for them that lets them know that they are not so far deep that God can't reach them. They are not so far gone that God can't speak to them. And we can let them know that the love of God is still able to be found. So God, move upon us. Bless us. Challenge us. Lead us. Guide us. Go with us. And let us be that oracle in this world that speaks the word of God and the truth of your word. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And let everybody say amen.